Hello, everybody, and welcome to the HTML All the Things podcast, episode number 44, Procedures and Standard Practices. I'm your host, Matt Lawrence, and I'm joined again by my co-host, Mike Coran. Uh, what have you up to new this week, Mike? So, weekly pain point for this week has been spring cleaning. It's spring. The weather's finally okay. We've had a kind of a terrible start to our spring. It was rainy and crappy outside all the time. So now we're finally kind of, all right, it's nice outside. Let's do some cleaning. A bunch of folding, bunch of cleaning of my desk. Uh, we were talking about last episode where I like to keep my desk clean. I definitely achieved that one this week. So that was kind of my weekly pain point. Uh, what about you, Matt? Actually, I have a question about your weekly pain point. Uh, do it. Do you find that you just have like a bunch of boxes? I find that whenever I clean, it's like 90% of the stuff. I'm like, man, this is like a crowded like shelf. And it's like, why is there like 18 empty boxes here? Like, get this out of here. I have a bunch of boxes still. Like, I've done a lot of cleaning and I still have a bunch of boxes. I'm like looking around my room. That's the one thing I still need to clean is just my, my empty boxes. But then I've also done this thing with my shelves where I've put more boxes into my shelves and put stuff into the boxes. Um, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, I mean, know. that I mean, that's not that's not too bad. Yeah, like, I think it'll be good because the then boxes. I can put a yeah, I'm using the boxes and I I can put lids on them so that stuff doesn't get dusty because like the dust I was out of control. Everything was just out and dusty everywhere. It's... Anyway, hopefully my dust is going to be under control. My stuff's going to stay clean. I don't know. Hoping hoping this time. I I mean power to you at this point I'm at this point I'm pretty sure my entire shelf back there is just all boxes I mean I mean this isn't the boxing podcast but well actually boxing is kind of like a sport too so then now we got what do you what do you say when you're like I know this is a long weekly pain point now but like what what do you say when you're like stacking boxes do you say you're boxing I would say no I would say you're stacking because at work when I used to work at a factory they used to call it I used to call me a boxer because I would stack boxes. I think they were doing that as a joke. I mean, that was the official thing on the on the schedule, but I mean, everyone could just be jokesters at that point. But It may be, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> my weekly pain point is not that, and it is certainly not boxes, because I'm just invaded by boxes at this point. <laughs> but my weekly pain point is actually carpets, uh, <laughs> which is... <laughs> which is... Which is rather... Which is rather off-topic sounding, but hang on a minute here. I was watching YouTube... And I found this new channel where this guy goes diving and like finds, finds like cool, cool like trinkets underwater. He goes like like <laughs> this is really ridiculous. <laughs> finds like finds like trinkets underwater with an underwater metal detector. And he had a I can't remember now. It was a couple weeks ago, but it was like a twelve minute video, and there was like something like nineteen ad spots in there, each with two ads in it. And I I dealt with that for like a day or two, and then I was watching another one of his videos, and it was something like. This guy came on every time was like, we have the best carpets and rugs in the game guaranteed. And I literally heard that about six times in a row. And I was like, that's really freaking annoying. And I kind of like got disgruntled because I was working with this thing on the, on the background. And then it came on one more time while I was working and I stopped everything I was doing, like just sat looking at the screen for a while, contemplated, and then immediately clicked the YouTube premium button. So I'm now a YouTube premium member. And that's that's the story behind that. <laughs> Boxes so, like, and carpets. Like <laughs> fantastic weekly pain points. Why did you watch a video with thirteen ads in it? Like why didn't you just be like, no, this creator is not for me. I don't want to watch underwater diving with metal detectors. Let's move on 
from this creator. Well, what it was was it was like this guy was going to Hawaii and he's like, oh, I found all these rings and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like that's BS. And so I like watched it and I was like, oh, that's actually legitimate. And then, so after I watched that first one, for some reason, I think it was just one of his videos. So whether it was his fault or something happened, but like when I, I watched a couple of them, they were like pretty ad heavy, but they weren't like too bad. Like they were, they were reasonable. And then like that was at night. And then the next morning when I went to go to work, I was like, oh, you know, that's a pretty like calming thing in the background just to have this guy like finding stuff with a metal detector so I can work with this on the background. So I turned one of them on and it was that many ad spots and I just... No more. I heard that carpet and rug thing to one too many times, and now I owe them like twelve or thirteen a month or whatever it is. You YouTube got you. All right, that's it. Fair so, enough. but I mean, it did force me to clean up my subscriptions, and I did clear up about ten dollars worth of subscriptions. So now I'm paying like a dollar more. So I mean, that's not too bad. It, it, better than me like not doing that and then being like, oh yeah, just like I'm just gonna pay you know additional. Essentially, it'd be an additional twenty something a month. So, I mean. That's fine. So, and I'm using the heck out of it. So that's fine. And I watch a bunch of that guy's videos now without, and, and actually that when they're, when they're 12 minutes, they're actually 12 minutes, not like 12 minutes with like five minutes of ads in there. So anyway, that, so that, that's my weekly pain points. Just watch out for those carpets, carpet ads, kids, and, uh, <laughs> watch like next week, next week we should specifically try to be sponsored by a carpet company <laughs> very soon and have that guy. Like, I don't know who he is, but like have that guy come in. Talking about his talking about his carpets and rugs. That'd be fantastic. It'd be so <laughs> good. Contact him. Get on the <laughs> That'd be our conclusion. We're the best carpets of the and rugs of the game, guaranteed. And that's it. Just we don't even do our self plugs, just end end show. Uh <laughs> but anyway, uh this episode's kind of packed, uh packed up pretty good. Uh the I think the web news is gonna be the longest part, uh, I believe, because it's kind of uh not a heated debate, but it's kind of interesting and something that kind of snuck into our lives. So we'll be talking about that. But uh, to kick things off here, we got uh, segment number one, uh, why are procedures and standards important? And then, of course, segment number two, which is uh, when should you develop procedures? And then that web news that I was mentioning, uh, which is the UX of the physical digital age. So that's a mysterious title there. So I'm, uh, we'll get to that very soon. But uh, let's jump into this first segment here. Uh, why are procedures and standards important? So some people that start a business, uh, some people start a business to get away from the bureaucracy and slow procedures that often plague large corporations, uh, while others put others want to put the customer experience first, and uh, they want to spend a lot of time with each and every customer and make sure they're happy and all their needs are met, and every customer experience is more or less unique. Now, these type of sentiments are often um, often found in those that are just getting into business for the first time and are unaware of scaling and unaware of any other issues that standards kind of tackle. So. Our first year or so uh, in business had no standard customer interactions. Each customer was presented with a completely unique way of handling their business. Uh, this started causing issues when we had repeat business because we'd forget uh, what that particular customer was expecting. And it also hurt our ability to scale when we weren't sure where we were in each contract. And then we'd, we'd be like, oh, we have like, you know, five or six contracts on the go where are we? Like, are we, is this guy been quoted? Is this guy done quote? Did this guy accept the quote? Is this guy halfway through development? Like, where is everything and all that? So this is where procedures kind of started uh, becoming a need in our company. So this sort of realization uh, made us realize that we needed to start adding those procedures to our workflow. And we started rather simply. So we started with some standardized Word docs uh, for invoices, quotes, and website reviews. And website reviews are things that we'll do when somebody comes to us and says, hey, I have this website, you know, generally it's a larger website, you know, what do I need to do to fix this or modernize it? So that, that's what we mean by a website review. So we just did Word docs, you know, no fancy software, just Word. 
made some made some templates and we filled them in every time we needed to do one of those things. And that was it. And then eventually we started adding more standardized things. So we added a standard naming format for our files uh, and added a standing name, standard naming format for our folders as well. So in tandem, they worked really well and we knew where everything was. Everything was accessible because we have like shared cloud storage and that whole thing. And then on top of that, cloud storage isn't is not a redundant backup so we wanted a redundant backup so that if something got you know corrupted at some point or deleted or uh, messed up in some way we could go back so we made a backup solution that kept our data safe and allowed us to roll back to to an older build or whatever uh should something happen to it like i said corruption or something gets messed up so anyway so customers customers basically helped us develop these procedures along the way and they did this because they had certain expectations so for example when we were asked for an invoice number one time, you know, I just never used them. So I was like, oh, we don't have invoice numbers. But then I kind of thought to myself, like, well, it'd be kind of nice to be able to search up an invoice number. So that that's one of those that's one of those standardized file name formats. So, you know, we were still using the Word doc and we made up a numbering scheme. We're like, OK, we're going to follow this numbering scheme for our invoices. And sure enough, that worked just fine. We just followed that up or like put that on, put the numbering scheme on each of our Word docs, put that in the file name in the correct folder. And uh, Bob's your uncle. Yeah. And with that being said, we also then went on further with the invoicing because as we were doing those kinds of invoices, we realized like, why are we constantly making up a number? Why are we sending an invoice that the customer doesn't know when to pay it, what to use to pay it? Um, and why are we even handling this? So we went to a system called QuickBooks, which kind of handled that all, all that for us. And really the, I think the biggest procedural change for us was QuickBooks out of all the different, uh, things that we've added to our repertoire and templates and stuff like that. QuickBooks has definitely made the most strives in making us more of a standardized company um, with invoicing, like auto invoicing now being done. So any of our recurring members that we have to invoice, we'll just get an automatic invoice and then they'll send us the money and we'll kind of do it. It, revol- it involves a little bit of hands-on. Like you have to go in there every once in a while when you get a check, say that there, say that you got a check it's not deposited yet. Then when you deposit, you have to go back in there and say it's deposited. It's not really like fully hands off, obviously. Uh, but when it's when you're talking about getting paid like online, it's a lot easier. So you get like an online payment. It, QuickBooks is already hooked up into your bank accounts and it can see that online payment and almost automatically match it to the outstanding invoice, which is really cool. Um, and again, th- this is not a sponsorship for QuickBooks. We were just talking about how we, we wish we were sponsored by like FreshBooks or QuickBooks right before this, but you know... <laughs> You get what you get. and But yeah, QuickBooks has been pretty decent for us uh, with definitely helping us our stand- getting our standards along. And and most definitely, like another thing about QuickBooks is like we were we were kind of introduced to it by our accountant. Like we have a guy that used to do, <coughs> excuse me, our accountant, our accountant stuff, like our, our year end stuff. And basically what, what ended up happening was is he, he said, because uh, we were doing the standardized Word docs and some Excels here and there and that type of thing. And he said, okay, once you hit a certain tier, you know, it's time to upgrade and get into QuickBooks. And then now, because of, because of a feature in QuickBooks, he's actually connected directly into our QuickBooks. So now he can kind of go in there, fix things up, you know, file our taxes, whatever accountants need to do, he can go in there and just do it, you know, help us with something like, hey, I don't know how I did this, like file this thing or whatever. He's right there. He has access to it. He could fix it. He could do it right so that, you know, there's nothing coming back to us at the end of the year being like, hey, you didn't declare this or whatever. It's all done right there. And that's like a big pain off of our back because it's like when we had uh, like on top of just getting QuickBooks, we had we eventually like after this, maybe a year after something like that, we got an HST number and it handled that too. You can say HST on if it's out of scope, whatever. HST is our sales tax here just for people that are outside of Ontario. So it's like 
Now we can easily say, oh yes, there's, you know, there's sales tax on this. No, there isn't sales tax on this. And this is why, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just easy. And it's like in a couple of clicks. So, I mean, again, we're not sponsored by QuickBooks, but that's our experience with it. So uh, probably you should probably check with your accountant, actually, if, you know, maybe don't just jump right into an accounting software. If they're, if your accountant is more familiar with uh, FreshBooks, or I think Mike mentioned, or whoever else, maybe you should go with them. But I would just talk to your accountant, and they'll probably have a recommendation for you. But, so, kind of continuing on here. So, having procedures like this uh, might sound like a bad idea, and, like, coming from those entrepreneurs that were trying to stay away from bureaucracy, but having standards like this is like really crucial. Like it's absolutely crucial to growing your business. And this is even more crucial when your team needs to grow. So when your team has more than one person in it, having standard practices makes it easier to communicate with one another and allows different team members to pick up where the other one has left off. So I can easily tell Mike like, Hey, you know, I'm going away for a week. This guy's been quoted. Uh, but like, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't, uh, agreed to the quote or like, Hey, I sent him the wireframes. Uh, and, you know, he hasn't decided which one, like we have a standard procedure of doing a few different wireframe uh, layouts unless otherwise requested. So Mike knows immediately like, oh, if he hasn't approved the wireframes, if I need to touch base with him, he's going to be talking about, you know, I want design three. And Mike's just not like, what, what the heck, what's that? Like the procedure's clear. It's standardized. He knows what's going on. Uh, and same with anything he's doing as well for the most part. So that's sort of where uh, the, the team play, the team based procedure stuff comes in. And that's where it becomes really, really crucial. So with that being said, though, uh, when should you actually develop these procedures? So second number two, and that is like, you know, when you're first starting out, I don't think you should be stressing about creating these standardized procedures. Um, you'll start developing them yourself as you encounter problems. And it's one of those things where if you're going to go this route, you know, you really should still write everything down, whether that be in a logbook or, you know, on paper, something similar to that, it will really help you stay on track and also help you identify problem areas when dealing with customers. And eventually those problem areas, you know, you'll eventually be like, man, it's really annoying when, you know, so-and-so forgets to pay his invoice or so-and-so doesn't do this. Um, or like, you know, they keep asking me these questions, maybe because your language, like the language you're using is unclear. And so from those things, you'll very slowly start to iron out a standard procedure that works for your customers, works for your services. Uh, and now there is one big exception to this. So if you're, you know, if you're kicking off a big business or a, you know, medium sized business, or even just a small business with a few team members, um, I would personally say that everyone needs to be on the same page. And at that point, if they're all, especially if they're all working on the same project together, it'd probably be best that you lay out an initial procedure. Uh, and then obviously there's going to be quirks and things you need to tweak in there that you will need to refine over time. But you can imagine like having 10 people where one guy thinks we're quoting, one guy thinks we're done this one guy thinks he can, I don't know, go home early. Like it's just a, it's just a nightmare. So you kind of need a basic procedure and don't be afraid to just kind of you know, jump right in there and do it. So like, you know, you might, you might think, Hey, this, you know, this, I don't know, you want to use IFTTT to do this. So it'd be easier for you to do social posts. If you think that's the solution, you know, don't be afraid, just give it a go. And if it doesn't work for you, just, you know, kick that procedure out, try a different one because slowly you'll find ones that work for you. And as you do that, you know, your productivity will increase and you'll learn, you'll probably, you'll actually learn how to make procedures better and your procedure will end up being better as well. And so then your company will run smoother. It's just a win-win in all respects. Yeah, like, don't be afraid to make mistakes. I completely agree with that. I mean, with with our kind of process, we, I don't know if this was a mistake, but it was definitely a learning pain. We decided to use cloud storage as kind of our in-between version control system. So we would have a, uh, a like, all of our kind of htdocs folder when, when we were using our um, local, our local dev server. 
and we would just put everything into one folder and then have the cloud sync it up in, into the cloud and then sync it down for uh, for both of us. So if we were both working on one uh, website, we could quickly, you know, iterate on that website really fast because usually the cloud storage is syncing pretty quickly. Um, and this, like in theory, this was like actually a pretty good idea for working on something really quick. Uh, obviously not a good long-term solution. And it worked for us on some projects. But in the long term, we had so many issues with like, oh, I was working on this file and you were working on this file. And then it created two different files for you with like two different names, like copy of this file. Um, every time we would try to like work on it together, it would it would kind of just momentarily screw up and we would have to then resync everything. And it was kind of it turned into a disaster. So we definitely moved on to, you know, GitHub and Bitbucket a version, a proper version control system with a little bit more deliberate um deliberate checking in pulling and committing and all that uh that that was one of those learning pains one of those mistakes that we made that we eventually corrected and we're moving on in the right direction with that and and furthermore on that actually is we had another problem where uh we started having to use xampp but we also had a separate procedure where we would do a customer's updates and then keep their previous version of their website uh like in a like dated folder. So it'd be like, Oh, you know, this update was done this day and these are the files that were changed. So if it's like, Hey guys, like, you know, as of June 14th, this stopped working, we could easily go back and change, like go back and change like what we had, what we had messed up. And what was happening was, is because we started, you know, kind of getting more advanced, essentially we needed to use things like actually MPP and stuff. So it was like, Oh, okay. We can't have these fragmented, you know, files all over the place. Let's have one HD docs folder and then just copy the files we changed over to the other thing. But then it became this thing of sometimes you'd forget because it's a manual procedure. Sometimes you'd forget to put it into those dated folders. Then you're all confused as to which one's which. So then you're like, okay, let's just pull it down from the from the file system, uh, like from, from FTP or whatever it is. And then it's just it's at, at that point, it's just like, why even have this procedure? So you're just doing a procedure sometimes that doesn't work. Like it's just, it's one of those things. Now, from that though, you know, we learned better folder structure, I'd say. We learned better uh, ways to label folders. And we learn ways to keep older websites uh, easily version controlled. So we still use some of those older systems for older websites uh, or for websites that we did earlier um, when we were just upgrading an old one. So still like in the old style kind of thing. And like those are valuable. So, that, so like, I mean, it's an old procedure. We did develop it and then now we still use it, but it's, you know, all is not lost. It's not like all that time was wasted. So that's kind of one other thing I wanted to say too, is be, kind of like transition into it is like, we're still using some of those older procedures, but like as you grow, you'll find out, you'll find that like certain things that you, that you used to do all the time that used to work no longer do. And we're kind of finding ourselves in this situation. And we've mentioned it very briefly on the show a couple of times, you know, we're starting to find ourselves in a situation where we need to possibly get a CRM to try and keep and keep on top of everything and keep everything together because we do have a variety of projects going on. Uh, there's been a few times where, like I've said, I, I've lost, like, even though we have a procedure, like I've lost quotes, uh, I've forgotten where the, where the project was, uh, at the time. Like I've been like, oh man, is this guy ready for payment? Like where, how much should I quote him? Uh, you know, is this guy done? Like, does he need revisions? Did he email me back? I don't remember. So it's just one of those things where, you know, things will get buried in emails and that type of thing. And even though it's procedurally done, it's better to just have it all at hand. And that's kind of what I think a CRM is going to do for us. So again, like if you find yourself, you know, finding yourself like getting in a rut somewhere, don't be afraid to change those procedures. Don't be afraid to try to improve it because at the end of the day, it needs to do it. Otherwise, you know, if a company stays stagnant, stagnant, they're just going to, generally speaking, they're just going to die out. So in addition to these things, um, 
you will also have to you'll also kind of find yourself getting bored uh or maybe things are getting stale for certain things so what i mean by that to explain that is is it's like if if uh mike and i in the beginning if we got a website where it's like i'm just gonna do a business card website uh, you know, that was like a big job for us back then. Like we were just learning. So it's like, oh man, well, you know, you got to bang this out really, you know, you got to bang this out. It's going to take a few weeks, whatever for us now, you know, it's only a couple of days, day or two, something like that. But eventually, like if we keep improving at this and going and going and going, you know, obviously a business card website's very slow. That thing may become a stale procedure. So we might, might start looking at in our procedure, we might want to say, Hey, let's outsource this. Um, maybe let's automate it to an extent. You probably can't, really automate web development stuff like that but you could maybe automate social media posts uh you know you got to kind of look at ways to like leverage that and try to save yourself that time because you don't want to be bogged down in your own procedures constantly because obviously like if you're bogged down then you're not spending time building your own business so that that's kind of one of those things you just got to make sure like oh you know this is getting really boring you know i'm spending an hour a day doing this it's like okay maybe we should look at how to shave you know 20 minutes 30 minutes off of that maybe we can outsource it completely and we just don't have to worry about it and then i'll make 50 an hour pay that guy you know 20 an hour to do a different task you know he's happy he's making 20 i'm making 50 doing something else you know boom there you know you got some profit going there and and that's it you know that that's kind of what that's that's kind of the evolution of a procedure so as you find things stop working just either revise it or automate it, change it, whatever. Just don't be afraid to do anything like that. Now, that kind of concludes our uh, two segments, unless Mike has anything else to say. I'm going to kind of dive into this web news, because I think this is going to be a a bit of a heated one, if not uh, a lengthy one. Diver in. Alrighty, so the web news. Um, I thought, I for some reason, I thought for sure you were going to to say that carpet's line. I thought for sure you were going to say it. I was like, you son of a bitch. I thought you were saving it. (laughs) I haven't heard the carpets commercials. So if I heard the carpets commercial, I would definitely be using it to bug you, but I haven't heard (sighs) it yet. I don't live in Caledonia. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, as a real brief aside about carpets again, (laughs) I don't look at anything about carpets to be clear. But the reason why the the Google algorithm did it is because this place that where the carpets place is just so happens at the same name as my hometown. So it's like, oh, this guy must want to see this. It's like, no, no, Google. I don't. But anyway, moving on from carpets, uh, we, we are now going to talk about the, the web news. So the web news is, uh, with the very mystique uh, title, the UX of the physical digital age, if that makes any sense. And it doesn't, so let's dive in. So despite shopping, uh, despite shopping taking place mostly in uh, mostly online these days, physical stores and physical service providers still provide a very crucial role in the economy and still provide those crucial services and still provide a bunch of goods to people who don't want to buy online. So as a result, things like, Apple Pay and other mobile payment solutions have become a really big revolution when it comes to buying these goods and services in person. This innovation not only pushed the physical stores to actually get more modern payment terminals with tap and those type of things, but also to lead the way for other, but but it also led the way to other innovations that used to require something physical like a membership card. So this new digital wallet can house things like a debit card, credit card, uh, loyalty programs, certain tickets, you know, reward programs, etc., etc., etc. And because shipping something digitally is generally so much easier than getting something up and running physically, so like, you know, making the card, shipping them, make sure the design's right, making sure the mag strip works, all that stuff, you know, it's no wonder at this point that a lot of stores, events, and other places actually want you to, you know, you, you, have, you yourself to physically be there, but they want to start leveraging the benefits of this digital distribution. They want you to, they want to use your digital wallet, you know, and oftentimes it'll be, you know, maybe they'll have their own apps. Um, 
Maybe they'll have their own card. Maybe they'll have their own thing right in that wallet. And some of the things, this is where kind of like some of the things start to meld and kind of start to clash. And there's a bit of an overload here. So one, a couple of the pain points, I guess, for this particular piece is that some of the banks will only partner with certain digital wallets. Uh, loyalty cards sometimes demand that you download just their store's app. You know, they refuse to go into your wallet on your phone. You know, I, I demand you must download this, you know, this particular app. And oftentimes events, they'll leverage something like a social media hashtag. So you have to keep track of that if you want to keep up with what's going on. Uh, or they might even have an app of their own. And if it's an annual event, which many are, it's like, wait, I have this app and I have to download it once a year. Uh, it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird thing. It's like it's kind of it's not kind of more cumbersome than that physical brochure they would hand you in at the door. So this type of overload personally makes me avoid a bunch of these digital solutions and only get the ones that I really use a lot, which is actually a lot of wasted potential uh, for those for those service providers that I use occasionally. You know, I kind of am missing out on any sort of rewards they're giving me. Maybe I'm missing out on cash back and those type of things. But it's because I just don't want to jump through a bunch of hoops and. For, with like on the, on that topic there are a bunch of hoops to jump through so you have to make an account you maybe have to like you know prove you're in a certain country if it's like limited by that you know etc cetera, etc cetera. it's just a big pain in the ass sometimes sometimes it's easy but sometimes it's a pain so here here i'm going to lay out you know a few questions here and then we'll kind of dive into this one so how do you handle the onslaught of reward programs digital wallets and you know etc all the things that i mentioned second question do you sign up for every point card and reward program to maximize your dollar? And with that being said, another question, time is money. So do you jump through complex hoops to get your discount or free product? Or do you just say, no, you know, I'm going to be paid more per hour. So I'm just going to, you know, avoid this discount, pay more, but I'll probably end up saving more time. So, yeah, uh, this is a good topic because I definitely do a lot of this digital wallet stuff and reward program stuff like I've and and recently too I've been getting even more into it like my phone uh my new phone has NFC in it which means I have more access to this obviously I can I can use uh the Google Pay application to you know I I put my credit card in there and I could pay anywhere that has a terminal that accepts it um which is extremely convenient I mean like not having to take out your wallet. Sometimes I don't even bring my wallet to places. Uh, and I, and I feel safe because I can, you know, I can get like, you know, some dinner or some lunch or something without having to worry about it. Most places do have the tap, at least here in Canada. Um, I love the digital wallet, the reward program side of it. Um, it, it does get cumbersome and I have other pain points. So the one pain point that I have is like, if you're not, like you said, you don't use the apps all the time. So for instance, Starbucks, um, I'll go months without going to a Starbucks and then I'll go back there. I open up the app and it's not logged in. And then I have to go through the process of logging in. Sometimes I forget my password. So I have to go through the process of going to my password manager, getting the, getting the password, putting it in, logging in. I'm standing there in line, like panicking because I'm trying to log in before I get in the front of the line, or I have to like wait until I can actually get in line to, to log in and get my card ready to get these rewards and stuff like that. And then load some money. Then I get onto the, then I get to the front of the line. I'm like, Oh, I don't have any money on here. So I have to auto load some money onto the card to have to the, then oh, pay my Lord. to then, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, to then, to then pay Starbucks to get me a drink and then for that they'll be like oh here's a couple stars and then you can get a free drink eventually and what they do now um in starbucks in the starbucks rewards program is they'll give you like tasks like weekly tasks or uh daily tasks they'll be like 
for this day, if you purchase a latte and a frappuccino, we'll uh. give you like 150, 150 stars. And it totally gets you because 150 stars is like three free coffees. Classic. And you're like, oh man, I, I have to go to, I have to go to Starbucks to get a frappuccino and a latte. And <laughs> so you plan your day around the fact that you have to go to Starbucks and like, okay, I'll work at Starbucks for a few hours. I'll get my frappuccino. Then I'll go somewhere else. I'll go back, get a latte and then home. <laughs> you're spending like 10 bucks and then you have three free coffees. But the other way that they get you is like, yeah, the first couple tasks are pretty easy. Maybe it'll be like, you know, do that once and you got it. That as you do it more often, they'll make them harder. They'll make the tasks harder. As in like five days in a row, you have to purchase a latte five days in a row and then we'll give you 50 stars. Uh, and you're like, this is, I mean, this is getting out of hand at that point. Like the, the, you're, I'm spending a ton of money to get nothing. So it's an interesting it's an interesting process that Starbucks has made. I think they're they're still testing it out, in my opinion, because I think they'll they're going to lose a lot of people once they start getting the harder tasks. Like no one's going to go there and get ten lattes to get like one free coffee. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, the the task before like the task when you're first starting out make a lot of sense because they're they're actually like getting you into the store. Uh, so this is just an example of one of the rewards programs now trying to think I, I i do use a lot of other rewards programs uh the cineplex the scene scene rewards so cineplex uh in canada is the movie the the de facto movie theater across the entire i'm, I'm guessing across of all of canada maybe just ontario uh and they have a singular application and they have a singular rewards program uh so that one's great so i just i i have that card on my phone but again it's that process of like Oh, I can use this card. Now I have to go through my phone to try to find the application. Hopefully I'm logged in. If I'm not logged in, I have to go through the process of being logged in. It's annoying to say the least. I think you're right where there's a lot of wasted potential because if they make it a lot easier and integrated into the either the operating system or just make the apps um, just easier to get to, easier to use, something like that. Like I think that there is a way to make this really awesome without having to force us into this constant battle with a million applications and this constant app overload uh to try to maximize our dollars and stuff like that like it's just it it's it's a it definitely is a huge pain point for me because i like to maximize my dollar but i don't want to waste a million years max like i don't want to i don't want to you know get a free coffee if i have to drive to starbucks 15 times and get 15 lattes like it's just it's that balance and I think they're like they still need to find that balance for me to get to fully sign on to it. What's What's interesting about that? Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm dying tonight. But uh, one of the things that I'm, or one of the things that like hit me there when you were mentioning Cineplex is that like they have a Cineplex, uh, they have a Scene app, and then there's also the Cineplex app, and the Cineplex app also has the Scene card in it. As far now, my Scene card's in it. I don't know whether that's because. I connected it to it at some point, or maybe I connected it to my Cineplex account. I'm not 100% sure how that works. Minus two. Okay, yeah. But, like, it's weird that, first of all, that there's two apps already. So that's already weird. And frequently, and this is, you know, a Cineplex thing, possibly, and maybe it's fixed now. You go to Cineplex, and there's a thing called Time Play. Now, I don't play Time Play because it's a pain in the ass to get the phone out and everything. There's another rewards program that's a pain in the ass. (laughs) All right, we're in Auditorium 6. All right, everyone ready? And go. Here's your four cents. Like, you know, it's like, oh, Jesus, now I missed it. Got popcorn (laughs) and fucking pop everywhere. Like, it's, you know what I mean? Like, you're trying to sit there. It's like, Time Play. All right, everybody. Everyone ready to play? It's like, no, I'm sitting here chatting. Oh, that's it. It's like, oh, that's it. You know, you got to get your phone out. And it's a big, like, it's a big problem. Like, it's a sick. And now they lessen the rewards on there. But the point is, like, the, my, my point is in general, is that 
I don't understand why, like, it, it always signs me out. When I get to the theater, it signs me into the time play Wi-Fi so I can play time play. By default, just because, like, my phone remembers it. When I do that, it, you know, it locks out a bunch of websites. They don't really want you, you know, browsing through everything. As a result, my stupid time play or my stupid Cineplex app signs me out 90% of the time. And I sign in with the Microsoft account option, which for some reason, half the time doesn't work. You, like, I've literally been in line with a bunch of people, like, you know, generally at a Marvel movie or something. And I'll just be like, watch this. And I'll literally have my app. It won't sign me in. I'll just delete the app. And that's it for the week. I just won't use my Cineplex card. Can't do it. And that's it. And now the tickets are in that freaking app. So I need that app. So if it doesn't work up, oh, there it goes. Like, so now I got to like test that thing. And also, now this isn't a loyalty card thing, but this is like, this is like a, I'm going to, I'm going to jab a little bit at Simplex here. So they recently changed from uh, a system in which, and this is at the, at our one particular theater. I don't know if it's different on others, but basically there was like two different hallways on the left and right hand side of the theater. And you just have to like beep in beside you get in here. You, you know, what I'm, you know, what's coming. Oh, yeah. so you just have to beep in. Like you used to, like you, you'd walk in concessions are right in front of you. Right. So you'll, like, let's say you digitally bought your tickets. You don't need to go to the ticket person. You digitally buy your tickets, okay? That's fine. So you walk in, okay? You walk in, and you you go to the, the concession stand is right in front of you, and then you'd get beeped in on the left hallway or the right hallway because there's a bunch of different theaters on both the left and right. Fair enough, okay? Now you get beeped in at the front. That's fine. But now they want the tickets. The tickets used to be like, oh, you know, print these at home or, like, print them at the theater. or Like, you know, you could get a code, and you could just print them at the theater or whatever. So now, as far as I know, and I don't go to the movies a heck of a lot, so if I'm, you know, misrepresenting the procedure, I apologize, but it's confusing at least. Now, one of the issues is, is that I used to, I, the first couple of weeks of this new app and this new procedure, I kept getting a piece of paper, like a PDF, not a physical one, but a PDF, and it used to say, please print these at home. And it said that in the email. And then when, when I went to the actual thing, it's, it literally says on the PDF, do not print these, do not print these, bring this to the theater, like on your phone kind of thing. So it's like, they're in between this, this like, they're in between this procedure, you know, tying into procedures for this episode. They're in this, in this procedure, and it's like, okay, well, wouldn't it be more convenient to have the tickets in your app? And now it is in your app, but now, if I want to send it to Mike, I can send it to him via email. Or I can send it to him via the app, which is great, if it doesn't sign you out at the theater. So now it's like, if I send it to Mike, if I, like, if I buy two tickets, you know, there's select seating at IMAX, so I select the two seats, like Mike and I are going to go see a movie. So I buy two tickets. I send the ticket to Mike digitally through his thing. Hopefully he has the up-to-date Cineplex app. Hopefully he signed in, <laughs> gets that thing. Then he has to, I mean, I think there's an email that gets sent too. Like there are, you know, this isn't like super, super difficult, but it's annoying because it's like, you got to talk to these people that aren't tech savvy. It's like, is your Cineplex app up to date? And they're like, what? Like every time they don't just say yes or no. It's like, what? And then you got to go to the whole thing. Cineplex now has digital tickets. I want to send it via the app. Do you have the Cineplex app? I don't know. Okay, what about your email? What do you mean? What's your email address? Like, it's like, it's like, you know what I mean? It's like this UX that's like, I understand it's those people that are annoying that are doing it, but it's like before, when I just printed it, it was super easy. And, and I don't know, there's like, I know there was like a, I know there was like a, a weird transitionary period where they were having some trouble with it. And there was like that weird thing where some stuff said print, some stuff said didn't, don't. And like, that's kind of ironed out now, but we've had a couple of problems where I've been sent tickets where I didn't receive them in the app. So now that ticket is considered sent. And I'm like, okay. And then the person has to send me another ticket because we bought it for four people or whatever. And they can't resend my ticket because that ticket's already sent. So now they have to beep two people in. It's like this digital thing should be working. And like that's that's missing potential, right? That's a pain in the ass. 
and it'd be super awesome if you could, if you could somehow, I don't even know how you would do it, but it'd be super awesome if like, I guess, I guess it'd be super awesome if the app just worked better, I think is my thing. Like if you're going to go digital and you're going to keep the same digital app for, let's say four or five years, like in my opinion, it should be like super tested and like super like redone. I don't know if that's been your experience with their bike, but like I, we had some serious problems and like, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, so with Cineplex, I I haven't had too too many issues with like getting the tickets on the on my phone and stuff. I I usually choose print at home, and what I do is I just take those tickets and I sh- like it just it just sends me a PDF to my email, and then I can just show them on my phone the PDF, and that works fine. Even you, though you, it says you, you please can print. say print now, you still can say print. Like like that's still an option now. Yes. Okay. So like, but what I'm saying is like they they send me a print a printable version. Of the PDF. Right. But I don't print it. I just keep it on. Like, I just open the PDF on my phone and show them the PDF in, in the theater. Oh. So I don't use the, I don't use the app for the, for, for anything pretty much other than time play or that's actually a separate app. Anyway. You see? Like, there you go. Like, that's yeah, a pain no, in the ass yeah, now. They have three separate apps, time play, Cineplex, and then scene. I, I don't know why they do that. And then the, like you were saying, the Cineplex app has the scene card in it as well. So why even have. Why, why have the two? Like it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah, it should ha- it should all be one application. And then time play also got destroyed. Where um, it used to be every time before the movie started. So if you came on time to the movie, you would sit down and you would do your time play. Now they've made it so that you have to come half an hour before the movie starts, and then there's going to be three or four different quizzes throughout throughout those, that half an hour as you're waiting, and you can play the time play and get some get some scene points, which will eventually get you some movies. Now, like, no one comes to the movies that are, like, why were, Why are you forcing us to come to the movies that early when we can choose our seat? Anyway, obviously they want us to be there for uh, watching the ads and stuff like that, but it, it definitely does not work on me. Um, the other thing that, like, is a little bit linked to this, but remember Carrot Reward program? Yeah, I remember that. So so, so Carrot Reward for, for the audience is a, it was an application, actually, I think developed in partnership with the Canadian government, uh, where it, it counted your steps. And based on your step count and based on how active you were that day, it would give you like loyalty points. So on the topic of loyalty points, it would give you some loyalty points. You could choose between a few different companies. Most everyone, I think, chose scene points, which is the movie Cineplex points to get free tickets. Um, And that was pretty awesome. Like I I know like Matt and I did it. And then we had a couple other friends that did it. Like we had a whole group of people. The more people you, you had in your group, the more challenges you could do together and the more points you make. So like it really... It did, I think, help with movement. Like it did, it did make me more motivated because um, I had Pokemon Go as well. But that that plus Pokemon Go made me more motivated to walk around, like just randomly throughout the day, or go for a walk at night or something, just to get my uh, get my steps in to get my points. What they did recently is is that they they now have a subscription service. Here we go. So you have to. <laughs> you have to pay them. Fuck, here we go. You have to, yeah, you have to pay them. I think five or ten dollars a month to then <laughs> have the privilege of getting points for walking. I think I saw that app install. That's a that's an uninstall without opening. I think is what, what's going to happen to that app <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, like oh, that. Oh my lord! I don't know what they were thinking there because the app was great. Like I honestly had no real complaints about that app, and I thought that the service was great. But I guess they were losing so much money with people gaining momentum while walking um and the government just couldn't afford all those extra scene points i i don't know what happened but i i don't like having the rug pulled from under me is my kind is my point so if you're going to make a loyalty program make sure that it's it's something that's sustainable right from the beginning and you don't want to you don't want to go in there and be like oh 
I'm just going to take away all your points now or like devalue your points for no reason or something like that. Like you don't want that to happen because that's going to be extreme negative press. And I don't know, like, I don't know about any, any of the audience out there. You can let me know how you, how you feel about those kinds of situations, but I definitely do not enjoy having any sort of like majiggering in my point structure for any sort of reward points. Um, I don't know. Like it, it hasn't happened too, too often, but I know for sure, like, like I said, with the Starbucks thing, I don't like it. The fact that as I go more often and as I'm a more loyal customer, I have to do way more to get points now. I don't like that. That that to me seems like a slap in the face. I, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about that. That's a really good point is the, the, the time investment and the fact that it's, you know, it's not an infinite thing. You know, uh, scene points, I'll take it back to that. Scene points do inflate. Like their value per scene point does go down, like slowly. Like every now and then they'll change it and be like, oh, it's more to get in, but like we'll give you more now. But it's like if you have a bunch of banked, technically speaking, the value of those scene points has gone down. Uh, I mean, they are points, and, like, I do like the Scene Points program. You know, I, I was ripping on Cineplex a lot. You know, I'm ripping on their ticket system, but, I, you know, the company's fine. I don't care. But one of the things is, is, like, imagine if they just took Scene Points away. Um, another thing would be imagine if they just took, I mean, they took Carrot Rewards away, and, like, you like you were physically walking for those points. Like, that's, like, a physical thing that you were doing. You know what I mean? Um, in, in, in terms of something like uh, Cineplex, I'll just bring it back again. You at least saw the movie. If they take away my my scene points, you know, that really sucks. But I at least saw those movies. Here, it's like, oh, like I walked around and like you said, they actually took your points, right? No, they didn't take it. So with carrots, it, it, it was uh, it would transfer into scene points. So it, okay. they didn't take any points away. They just took the ability to make scene points and put it behind a pain wall, Ugh. which is really weird. Like that is imagine. OK, imagine having a I go back to Starbucks. because That's something I can relate to right now. I. Uh, Imagine having to pay monthly to have a Starbucks membership to then go to Starbucks and get reward points by spending money on their service. Like, that is so backwards. I can't, <laughs> like I that's, can't even imagine. That's, it's outrageous. And you're not like, it'd be way different if, see, the thing, the thing with, with paid versus, with paid versus uh, free services, for example, like it's free, for example, to stand in line at a Starbucks and then you have to pay for the coffee. But, like, it's free to get that service. The actual service itself, for the most part, is free. It would be different if it was like, hey, you know, our lineups are long. Let's say it is. You're a Starbucks, you know, premium guy, if that was a thing. You don't stand in line. Or you, you stand in the VIP line. So you always go to the VIP line. Uh, or you're like, you know, if you do a, a mobile order, we'll do your thing first. And so you're paying so that you're not going into a queue line. That's not bad, right? You're paying for something. Um, Plex is a good one. Like, Plex is free. But if you're a premium user, Plex Pass gives you more features. They didn't just take away Plex when Plex Pass came out and was like, ah, you know, you can't have this movie server. Or you can't have this anymore. We're just going to make it so that, you know, you have to just pay for everything now. You know, they added features, make people want to have them, and then they do it. And that's like a better way to do it. Like, sell me on something. Like, imagine having um, care rewards. Imagine if they said, we'll give you a times two bonus for $2 a month. It's like, you would, you'd be doing the math then. You'd be thinking, so, oh, okay, $2 a month, you know, am I going to earn, you know, $8 in scene points? So am I going to go to the movies? Yeah, all right, well, I guess that's going to save me money. I'll do it. So it, it is, Care Awards did do something like that. Like, but the problem is they t- they took away the ability to make scene points for free, but they did yeah. make it so that if you paid, you made more scene points, right? Like, they that, did the give you that. That's the thing that sucks so you, is the removal, right? 
yeah, I don't like I don't like the removal. And on your point about the Starbucks uh, VIP program or something like that, I don't want to really give them any ideas because it does sound like kind of like a corporate idea that they could easily run with and make some money. Um, I don't I don't think I like that because uh, you're you're already paying for the service and you're paying a premium usually if it's a Starbucks. If it's something like really cheap, like a really cheap place, then I could see that working. But when it's a when it's a higher end place and then they ask you to pay like a monthly fee to be treated even like as a like you know a normal customer I guess a better customer I I don't know if that is the best way like I don't know if that's going to give you the best press I don't think that people would would enjoy that like I I think if they implemented something like that they would get some pretty bad negative press saying like oh it, it's Starbucks being even more elite elitism than they are like it that's just a strange i i get people would probably do it because people are all about like being that first person to get a, a drink or whatever yeah um not that not that they're really that slow right now you can do what you're saying so you on the app you can do an online order and just pick it up at the store anytime you want which is really freaking convenient like you don't have to wait in line anymore at all well that, that that's like until go, that that system gets popular I hope, yeah, I hope that, <laughs> I hope that they never put in a monthly program to get that system popular. Because, like, I think that they make a lot of money just on the fact that it's just convenient now. I don't think they're going to, I don't think they're going to implement something like that. I think it could be tactically implemented in a different uh, place. Maybe, I don't know if McDonald's is a good, is a good option. But I'm just thinking, like, I can't think of a good place that would get good press for doing something like that. Well, the thing would be is it's, it it would give you like preferential treatment, sure, but like all you're doing is skipping a line and then maybe getting a discount. Like maybe th- that would probably be the thing. Is it'd be like you're paying per month, but like you're if you're going there that much, you get a ten percent discount. You know, ultimately you're saving money at the end of the day. And then what the payoff is for something like someone like Starbucks could hypothetically be that because you're getting such good service, you keep going there more. So you probably end up going there ten percent more. And as a result, you know there may or maybe twenty percent more, and they're making ten percent more off of you. That's kind of maybe what people would think like obviously this isn't happening but like you know that's maybe how i would think if i was trying to implement a program like that because like paying to receive a discount isn't that crazy i mean technically when you're buying a bunch of movies to get scene points and then you get a free movie that's essentially what you've done you know you didn't pay for those scene points directly but like i mean you kind of did you know maybe 10 maybe maybe 10 cents we don't know maybe 10 cents of those movie tickets go toward your scene points and we just don't see it you know something like that but like you're right though like it's 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 one of those things where this is this is where this is where the overload comes in is it's like a web of it's a web of things that you need to do buy a buy a coffee on this day the, that's actually one of the things that, uh you know I'm uh, you know it's, it's no uh you know it's no hidden thing on the show that I'm like play a lot of video games and one of the things is is like you know a lot of them are digital now and they have these stupid timed events like oh you didn't want to, you, you if you want to like claim this gun or you want to uh, claim this level or play this thing well, you better do it on Friday or no, you know, Friday before five. Where are you? Oh, you weren't there. Oh, well, guess you can't do that then. And it's like we made digital products so that, you know, there was less logistics. You know, there was more availability. You know, there essentially was no stock. There was no stock. It wasn't like, oh, sorry, we're sold out. It's like, you know, you're not sold out of a file. Let's calm down. And like, it seems like it's actually gotten worse than what it was when th- everything was retail. You know, bef- you know, it was harder to pull products in retail because you have to instruct everyone to do it. You know, everyone has to do it then. You know, some stores don't get the memo, whatever, when they try to pull a product. But this is like, they're just pulling products every day. Like, oh, you want to get this thing? You better log in this day. And I hate that time stuff. 
And it's it's stressful. Like you're right. Like it's stressful. Like you were saying, you're stressed out the Starbucks line. Like it's it's stressful. Like it's like oh, like I better make sure I'm free on Tuesday at four because I just want to do this one thing. It's like no, it's not life changing. Of course, like I'm not literally like you know sweating and having a heart attack or anything. But it's like hey, I wanted to do this. You know, gaming is supposed to be a hobby. I don't have to be like oh, I better you know stop work for an hour, boot up this game, do this thing for an hour. Hopefully I get it. And then if I get it, then I'll you know stop that and do you know do my extra hour of work that I missed. It's like what am I doing? Like, why is this, why is this a thing? And that's, that's kind of a loyalty program, right? Where it's like, hey, play our game on this day or this time. Or like, where were you? Like, why don't you have this now? You know, it's almost, it's almost like that elite status. Like, you telling me that you weren't home on Friday at four? Like, what are you talking about? Where were you? It's, I, yeah. I hate it. Like, I hate, it's so, it's so stupid. Like, sometimes I don't want to do, like, play a certain game or something. Sometimes I want to just watch a series or something. And it's like, I'm being forced to, I was talking to you the other time where, like, we used to play Pokemon Go quite a bit, and I still play it. Like, I still play it with you guys occasionally. But, like, th- there was constantly events. And, like, I think you guys still play the events and stuff, right? There was constantly events. I can't handle it. Like, oh, I got to make sure I'm free, like, on October this to, like, November 1st because this thing's around. So I got to drive around the city because, like, no one plays in, my t- in-, in this town. So I got to drive to the city, you know, do this thing. Hopefully I get it. I got to pay to do it, by the way. I got to pay to do it because, you know, it's a random chance. So the chances are I'm not going to get it on my free ticket a day. So I'm going to have to buy multiple tickets to try that day. You know, catch this special Pokemon. If I don't catch a special Pokemon, maybe he'll come back next year, but who knows? And then you have to hope and pray that people actually want to do him. There's that chance. Like, it's too much RNG and there's the time time thing. Now, one thing I do want to say is that what's very interesting about this is is one of my friends, he mentioned that because of Netflix, he doesn't watch anything anymore. And that sounds really counterintuitive. It's like, what do you mean? It's always there. He said, that's exactly it. It's always there. And so why would I watch it? I can watch it later. And so maybe, yeah. maybe with this digital age stuff, maybe this is why these products are becoming scarce is because we're starting to get to the point where people are saying, oh, well, I could, you know, watch, I could watch, uh, what's a bad movie? I could watch Snowpiercer. Uh, that's not a bad, that's movie. a bad movie. That's a bad, that's not a bad, it's not a movie podcast, but that, that is a bad <laughs> yeah, movie right bad now. Movie. It's a bad movie. I've laughed with like three quarters of it. It's just dumb. It's a dumb, that, dumb movie. Just people fighting on a train. It was Trains do not sustain life past an apocalypse. I'm going to say that right now, right now. That's not the point though. It was just, it's some it was stupid a cool moral take. Thing it was a cool take. Yeah. No, it was a cool it's, take on it. And you don't get all excited when there's ice on the track. It's like ice on the track. It's like, this is the ice age. Yes, there's ice on the track. Is this the first time there's been ice on the track? Was this like what? Was this a magical okay, track? Okay, all right. Let's move. <laughs> like, okay, just okay. This is not a movie podcast, but anyway, the point is, it's like I'll watch Snowpiercer later. Like you can literally say that, right? But if you had that movie rental, it's like I gotta watch. I gotta watch Snowpiercer tonight. Like I better watch it tonight. <laughs> like, is that a good thing? Like, is that? I I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Like, is it a good thing that you're being forced to watch a movie that you rented? But like you I, said, I, but, but you went to the, like, I mean, back in the day, you went to the store, like you were like, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll watch Snowpiercer this weekend. You know, you get a two day rental yeah. or whatever. You get that. Right now, you might be like, you'd be more like, okay, if you go, if you go pick up Snowpiercer from like, from the, from, um, um, you know, there really aren't any movie rental places here anymore. But if there was, you go pick it up, you get a two day rental. You're that weekend. You're going to, you know, slot out an hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is to watch Snowpiercer, but you're not. Necessary, you're you're gonna be more enticed to pass it on or throw it away when you say like, oh, you know, I could do this this weekend, but I kind of feel like 
going outside. I kind of feel like playing GTA. I kind of feel like going fishing. I'm just not going to watch Snowpiercer this weekend. And I'll just watch it later. And then it gets pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. You know what I mean? And so that's maybe why... You... What's that? But what's the what's the issue with with you doing something else that you want to do rather than watching something that that you don't want to watch as much? Like you know what I mean? Like if if you're if you're making the decision that Snowpiercer is not important as going outside at that particular moment, what that, I don't see anything wrong with that. Now, having said that, I do have the situation where I open up my Steam library. And I just sit there and stare at it for 15 minutes Damn and then it. I close it and don't play anything. That's so now, weird. Now, I've done that. It is an extremely weird situation where I have like, I don't know how many games I have. Ridiculous amounts of games because of Humble Bundles and all that stuff. And there's plenty of games that I really want to play. Like really, like I was like, wow, this is a really good game. I've, I've been following it for a really long time. I should really play it. And then I just close Steam and I do something like I browse the web or something like that, which is a total, you know, it. it I wouldn't say it's a huge waste of time, but it is... I think I think I would get more value from an entertain an entertainment product like a game that someone put like you know hundreds of hours into than just browsing the web. So I do I do see what you're saying with the whole Netflix thing where like since I can watch anything at at any time and I'm paying for it so I could you know I can continue watching it whatever I uh, I don't like I don't need to watch it right now and therefore I'm never going to watch it. I I think that does happen. Um so that's true. I don't like like I said I think that they're there is value in that, that you can like decide to do something that you see more valuable at that particular time. Right. But on the other side is like, and I don't, I don't think in in most cases, I don't think you're losing much. And I'm a fan of Snowpiercer, so I'm going to bring it back to that. Damn it! I, I still don't think Come you're losing now. much by not watching Snowpiercer. Like it's not the the end of the world that you're not watching Snowpiercer or you're not playing the game that you you have like you know a copy of or whatever like it's i don't think that's a serious problem i'd rather take that than ha- go back to the renting stage where i have to where i have to watch snowpiercer because i was i went and rented it or i have to watch some movie that i don't even like because i accidentally rented it you know what i mean because you paid for that money you paid that money whereas with netflix now you can go and start watching it and be like this is garbage and then just stop watching it you don't feel bad because you can just watch any other movie on there but this is this is probably why these digital distribution things are becoming time-based is because they're seeing, and I'm, you know, total speculation, but they're probably seeing people put things off. Like, oh, I'll do that later. Like, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And I understand that it's, I understand it's a leisurely thing. Like, you know, they're all, like, these things we're talking about are, you know, recreational. They're not, you know, work. They're not anything, you know, pr- you know very important. They're not a health thing. You know, whatever. You know, it's like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. But everyone sort of has their list of something they'd like to do in their hobby. Whether that be, you know, play games, watch a movie, you know, go skiing or something. And it's like the people who do things outside also have a time limit. You know, if they're a person that likes to go kayaking, you kind of, kind of go, kind of got to go in the summer, spring, you know, when it's not cold, when the, when the river isn't frozen. And so they're kind of put on a time limit. So you'll, you know, you'll see them out there during that time, getting in as much as they can before the cold weather hits, especially here in Canada. And that's one of those things where, that's one of those things where, it's not so, like, serious as they do, like, you know, the, these game companies and stuff, like, they do it, you know, better buy this coffee this day, or you better buy this item this day. It's not as serious as that, but I don't, but, like, humans are kind of reactive, we're not, like, proactive, right? Just as a general species thing. And as a result of that, we're not proactively cleaning out our own movie queue that we have in our brain. We're not, you know, I'm not proactively clearing out necessarily my game queue. Like, like it's the same thing with me, Is like, I have a bunch of games on Steam. And I'll like just sometimes just be like, oh, I'll just 
I'll just go play Call of Duty again or something. It's because it's easy, I think, or something. Or like, oh, I'll just go watch something else. And that's that's weird. Like, it's 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 a weird human trait, but I think that's maybe why we're starting to get these loyalty programs, to bring it back to the episode, that are starting to sort of put the pressure on us. Like, hey, you could get three, ten, whatever coffees today if you buy these $8 worth of, of other coffee beverages or whatever it is, but you got to do it today. You can't do it tomorrow because you know exactly what will happen. I'll do it next week. And then the next week rolls around. It's like, I'll do it next week. And it just never gets done. And so it's the same thing with, with our side projects. Like you and I will, you know, 90% of the time we'll hit our deadline with a customer, you know, barring something going wrong or, you know, oftentimes the customer will push it back because they want something changed or something. Right. But most of the time, if it's a set deadline and, you know, all the, everything goes right, boom, you know, we'll get the thing done at the same time. Look at no BS news for Reddit. It's still sitting there, right? Like it is. And, and it's because it's a side thing. There's no real pressure. We've put out the the public call that this podcast comes out every single week. So as a result, there's an expectation that the podcast is going to come out every week, barring, you know, some holidays, that type of thing, right? Obviously, there's holidays for everyone. But, you know, that's really it. That's really the only exception. But the fact of the matter is, is like this thing comes out all the time. But at the same time, it's like, do all our tutorials come out on time? No, that's, that's, no, they do not. They do, they don't, like, just straight up. And I think that's maybe why we're getting the pressure laid onto us. And I hate it. Like, I hate having that pressure from these loyalty cards and that type of thing. I really do hate that. Um, to bring it back to the episode, though, as well, one of the other things I find really annoying, and I don't know about you, is that, so for example, um, I can't, like, I can't load all of my loyalty cards onto the same wallet app. And so I don't load any of them. I just like, all right, well, that's it then. And I just don't, because I don't want to have freaking Samsung pay, Google pay. And then my bank is, is a credit union here. So freaking liberal pay. I don't need all that. You know, the, if you're not going to load into my wallet apps, like I'm out of here. And Tim Hortons has a reward of rewards program. Now I've signed up for that. And I go to Tim Hortons a lot. I like coffee a lot. And so I'll go to Tim Hortons a fair bit. I haven't even freaking beeped at the the, ca- the, ca- the counter. It's like, it's a pain in the ass to pull my phone out and give it to them. Like, I understand you might be like, oh, lazy millennial. It's like, no, hang on a minute here. I got to buy seven coffees to get one free. Is it worth me pulling my phone out when sometimes they miss the queue? Like sometimes the person's already rung it through. It's like, no, it, it probably like, you know, generally speaking, it's probably not worth it. It's it, like loyalty programs are a pain in the ass sometimes. Like I I, I live a weird life where I, like, try to tailor myself toward, like, convenience, like, where I can, because I know that some things are inconvenient, right? I don't know, filing taxes, you know, having, you know, stressful deadlines or stressful situations are, like, you know, things that are uncomfortable. And so when I can control the comfort level, I try to make it comfortable. Saving 12 cents on a coffee, like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and some people were like, oh, you're wasting money. It's like, yeah, but 12 cents. Like something's going to screw me for $500 down the road at some point, you know, every year I'm going to get screwed for something, you know, some repair or something. It's going to be a grand or something that was unexpected. That 12 cents didn't help anything, nothing, nothing like really, you know what I mean? I think, yeah, I think it's one of those things where if you don't, if it bothers you like legitimately to pull out your phone and do the loyalty program, it's not worth that 12 cents. I think that's where you draw the line. If it doesn't affect you in any way whatsoever, like I don't, I don't have the Tim Hortons loyalty program, but I do have the Starbucks one. Um, it doesn't really affect me too much by pulling out my phone and doing it. If I forget it, I forget it. It's not a big deal either. Like I don't really care. It's one of those situations. And then I have a point here and there where, where I can get a free coffee. I, that's, that's why I do it. 
because it doesn't affect me too much. And eventually I get something for free, usually. Like uh, when we go to that uh, ice cream place that has a loyalty card. Oh, Marble, marble Slab, right? Marble Slab, yeah. Marble Slab. I've gotten probably like four or five free ice creams through through that. And just I, and I forget sometimes. Like I forget to give them the card sometimes. But regardless, it doesn't bother me either way. So I think it's okay. But I think legitimately if it did bother me, I would just would not do it at all. Because if I if I was if I if it upset me if I forgot, for instance, or if it upset me for just having to pull out my phone, like if it legitimately like if I had to actually think about that and it upset me, I wouldn't do it because it's just not worth it. Like it's not it's not like you said, it's 12 cents. I'd rather just have the sanity. <laughs> like I don't I don't want to go insane over a stupid loyalty program because the loyalty programs are usually a, like not worth it anyway, for the most part. Right. Um, now, like. Saying that, I do follow a few loyalty programs, and I do have some like points cards and stuff like that, um, air miles and stuff. I, I do, I do collect those kinds of things. Uh, but again, if I forget, I forget. I, it doesn't bother me. That's kind of the way I've I've approached it. I know a, a lot of people get really upset with with and really invested in loyalty programs. I don't personally understand that. Um, it's because they think they're getting something for free. But they don't realize that, yeah. like, they're even if they work a minimum wage job, they're making more in five minutes, probably. You know. Yeah. Yeah. The only the only exception on on this one is um, with like, my dad does a lot of travel for work, and the work like pays for the travel and all that right. in his hotels, and so he can put in his own credit cards for all that travel and all the hotels. So he's technically getting the points for free and it's like a significant amount of points because he's you know he's traveling all over north america and staying in hotels for weeks at a time months at a time and stuff like that so it's like a ridiculous amount of points that he technically never even had to pay for initially so i could see in that case i kind of see the value in it yes i've I've literally flown for free on points because he's gotten so much and i've literally stayed in a like rented cars stayed in hotels multiple times for free because of all of his points that he technically never had to pay for because the company comps it well con- con- convenient reward like convenient loyalty programs absolutely are good i i would agree um i would say like like for sure uh like all you like i said i'll use sin points you know uh, i use sin points i think they're definitely worth it it's worth pulling up my phone for that that's fine um i use the uh what's one i use rarely the pizza pizza one i'll use that just because i will order online and I just it just does it for me, so that that's convenient. You know that's fine. Um, uh, one another big one. I like I said, I play a lot of games, so you know the EB Games card. That's a no brainer for me. You know I'm saving you know a couple dollars here there. That makes sense to me, of course. It's just those little ones I think that get to me. Um, and and this actually kind of goes back to you were saying people get upset. It's like I I remember I used to get upset if I like I have a I have like a like a high yield savings account for example, and I would accidentally transfer money to the wrong account it would go in there and i'd incur like a service charge of like two dollars so you just get pissed off with that and then one day i just realized i'm like i don't give a fuck about a toonie if someone stole a toonie from me i'd be like all right well there it goes like there it goes like i don't care you know not to say i'm trying to sound like a you know rich like a rich guy or something but it is just a toonie i'm not gonna like have a heart attack over that you know what i mean obviously you know keep it under control but if it's an accident it's like well i accidentally spent two bucks you know at the end of the day I'm going to save $2 somewhere else and I'm going to get screwed by $2, screwed by $2 somewhere else. You know, at the end of the day, it's going to work its way out as long as I'm not being an idiot and reckless, whatever. Right. There's going to be months where I make money on that. There's going to be months where I don't, you know, whatever. And then what have you. 
uh on the back to the back to the uh segment two again in terms of your loyalty stuff what how is your setup so do you have like a wallet with everything in there uh do you use the physical card do you bring both uh like what's your setup in terms of that so i'm i'd say i'm half and half um i do have the physical cards usually but lately like air miles i've been mostly trying to do it on my phone optimum rewards which is our like local drugstore and grocery store rewards programs i've been trying to do digitally i'm trying to convert to digital but i don't have them all in one wallet i still haven't figured that part out that's that's a pain like, in I think that yeah i think that would that would make it a lot easier i'm sure i could do it i just haven't literally invested time into putting them all in, into a like google pay or whatever wallet. like i know apple has one but like i don't have an apple phone or anything but I'm sure that Android has a one wallet solution, do they not? Google Pay, Google Pay, and, and in my case, Samsung Pay. Um, unfortunately, okay, but- unfortunately, I and, I and I haven't checked in a long time. But when I last checked, and I checked very briefly, Samsung Pay uh, needed to be selected as the default. And I think I don't think like really allowed anything else to be the default. So like you had it had to be the default to be used, and that's a pain in the ass. Okay. Um, yeah, I only have Google Pay, so I, I'll, I'll I might try that and, and report back to see how it works. If I can get all of my loyalty cards into one application, and then just scroll through them and choose one, uh, I think I would use it a lot more often. So I think that's that's my barrier to entry for a lot of it. Sometimes I like I like you. Sometimes I just don't want to pull my phone out and bother with it. I I can't I couldn't get I got uh, the 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 Tim Hortons rewards was the most convenient thing I've ever done. Installed the app, signed up, got the, got the card, digital card. It asked me if I wanted to connect a physical one. And I can still in the future if I want to grab a physical card. And then I uh, clicked a button and it went into my Google Pay. And that's sort of how a digital experience should be. Um, yeah. Coming from, you know, Scene. I don't know whether it's Scene Canada's fault or like, not their fault, but like maybe it's because we're in Canada. I don't know whether Scene Points are in America. I don't know how that works. But basically, uh, when I go to the Google Pay, it says, hey, you want to add a Scene card? I type in the number. It doesn't give me a QR code or anything. It literally just gives me a digital little flip card with the number I typed in on it, which I believe is incorrect. Like that, as far as I understand, (laughs) is like not correct. And like whether I didn't make a mistake, whether it made a mistake, but it didn't say it was invalid. So I'm like relatively certain that it's, you know, invalid. And as we speak, I just got a freaking email telling me I earned honey gold. Get out of here, man. Get that honey gold. Like, Again, like nothing against these loyalty programs. If you're like a huge online shopper that uses Honey all the time, you know, power to you. But there's a point in which it's like, I'll pay for Amazon Prime. That's essentially a loyalty program. But I ain't, like, I'm not getting all those, I'm not signing up for Honey Gold. I'm not doing all that. It's not happening. The th- and, and actually, on a side note as well, I don't really know how, like, related this is to web development, but it is, like, still, this is almost, like, tied into, like, digital well-being, I think, this this kind of discussion. One of the things I did is I years ago I got sick and tired of having a folio wallet pain in the ass you know you can't sit on it you run out of pockets in the summer because you got a phone now and everything else pain in the ass so I said alright that's it went to the bay I think it was bought like a thin wallet that like hardly even holds cash like hardly holds cash mostly cards I have like maybe six cards in there that's it I cut like ten cards out of my wallet I was like oh, this is not you know it was like a hard cut off but I was like I'm just going to keep collecting these stupid loyalty cards feel bad about taking them out of my wallet because like have space in the wallet right in my big folio wallet not ever use them you know my wallet's getting thicker and thicker and thicker all the time this is ridiculous you know all what do i need i need my id a couple couple forms of you know payment and like a couple bills like 20 20 bucks 100 bucks whatever 
and that's all I need. And like I went to a minimalist wallet and it's, it's fantastic. Like it was a really great change. Like I don't need to carry this big bulky thing around and I don't care about half the loyalty programs. And that's, that's probably digital well-being. Like, I, I don't know. Like that's the, like, you know what I mean? That's, it, it, it's fantastic. Like, I you know it's a small change, but it's like before it was like, fuck, like where's my 1111 card for pizza pizza? Like I haven't been here in a month. Where's that? And it's like, Oh, I got to freaking dig through the 18 other cards, the 18 marble slab cards. I have one stamp on each. So I keep forgetting those pain. So like, that's it. I, I, I do the same. Th- I have a smaller wallet now, but I don't, it's not like a, a really thin one. I used to have a thin one, but I just, I couldn't get rid of enough cards. Like I, the, the problem is, is like with our business, I have the business access card, the business credit card, like, and then I have my own credit card and then I have like another backup credit. Like it's, I have like four, four credit cards and that's like minimum that I can have in my wallet at, at a time. And then like the ID and everything like, so it's it's tough. Like I, I I tried to go down to a super thin wallet, but now I have one of those uh, secure ID wallets, Scrid, Scrid, <laughs> uh, which have those pop out cards. It's it's fairly small, but it's kind of thick. That's what, that's its only negative. So like I wouldn't be able to sit on it, but it fits in my pocket really easily. So it's it's kind of like a hybrid of the two, big like the hybrid of a big wallet and like a really slim wallet. So I. It, it's my compromise. And I, I kind of agree with you that it is kind of a, a digital well-being aspect where, and it's that minimalist environment around you. The the less stuff you have to worry about, the easier it is to focus on your work, the easier to focus on your life and stuff like that. Like I found myself having way too much, way too many little things like loyalty programs that I was starting to worry about, like anything else, you know, managing those pennies, Every once in a while, like managing coins, like I don't deal with coins anymore, pretty much ever, which is fantastic. What do you do with them? Stuff... You just hug them, hug them on the road. Like, what do you, <laughs> what <laughs> no. do, you do with them? Well, like I bear, I, I've, I don't pay with cash. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, I try not to. I, I, because I, I get points on my card. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, well. I get you get points on my, on your card. So I, I pay with cash maybe once a month, maybe once every two months. Right, right. Like whenever it it's absolutely necessary, so I never get coins back. And if I get coins back, I usually try to tip in coin or something like that just to get rid of them as fast as possible. So, like, I I don't want to deal with coins. I don't want to deal with paper money, really. Like, I do deal with it every once in a while, but, like, I don't want to deal with it as much as I can. So, it, it is it, it helps to be a little bit minimalistic in those kinds of things and to focus everything. And, that and again, this leads back to that digital well-being thing where I, like, I clean my desk. And I know we've had this discussion on Discord recently uh, and most people are actually agreeing with you, Matt, where you, you kind of enjoy the more of a hectic and more of a, more of a organized mess kind of environment where you have the stuff that you need everywhere that you need it and like little figurines and stuff like that. And I'm more of a minimalist in, in that kind of sense where I just, I need my desk to be clear and I need my space to be clear around me. So I was enjoying my spring cleaning because I'm trying to get rid of a bunch of stuff because I just don't need it. I'm trying to actually throw out a bunch of my things. Um, throwing out garbage in Canada is kind of a pain, having to go to the dump and all that. Like I'm, I'm sure it's the same in the United States, but it, that that whole process is kind of a pain. Uh, doing donations and stuff, like uh, organizing everything. I mean, it's fine. I don't have that here. What do you mean? I don't have any. Of, what are you talking about? What are you talking? Well, about? Well, you can. How how many garbage bags can you put out during a week? Two, I think. Two. Pr- yeah, we can only put out one. Two, and I and I think we're allowed a few days, and we don't even get like tagged. It's like they just verbally told us, and I am not like super versed in this, so let's calm down. But yeah. as far as I'm aware, it's like, I think I think we're allowed like a few days where we have three, 
And there's been a few times where, like, we did a reno, like, painting, for example. And we just huck, like, six bags. And you just tell them, like, hey, we did a big reno. Like, sorry. And the guy's like, whatever, whatever. That's fine. Yeah, we, yeah, we have very strict, uh, very strict amount of bags we can put out. So it's one bag a week of garbage, and then um, recycling is unlimited, which is awesome. Like I did do, I did do a sh- ton of recycling paper and stuff like that. But garbage is one bag, and then we have green bin and stuff like that. Uh, and then we get tags where we can put out, like if you if you put a tag on your on another bag, you can do it, but you only have a limited amount of those. Yeah, that, that's what I was saying. So, is anyway, we don't have those. Like I know people. Yeah, do we have. Those. Yeah, we have those and everything else you kind of have to either take to the dump or order large item pickups and stuff like that or figure out something else to do with them. Anyway, that process is kind of annoying, um, but it's it's fine. I, I'll, I'll live with it. But essentially, yeah, like I'm trying to minimize the amount of stuff around me to try to focus my, myself onto this. And the reason I'm doing that actually is I've been – I've tried it. it it's been working for me and like there was a, a couple of YouTube videos that I watched where a guy uh, – I think his he's like the professional. I can't remember what his YouTube tag is. Maybe I'll link it in this in the show notes. But he essentially is a very successful web developer uh, or slash programmer in general. And his method when he gets hired for like a contract or a job is he spends the first two weeks of his contract and job is just setting up his environments, just setting up his desk, just setting up his workspace. Like he goes fully like, and I think that's a little bit excessive. Like two weeks of paid. That's a lot. Work that, that time. Like, like a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. Like that's full. And he's like, I don't. It's nothing less than two weeks. Like he he fully spends those t- that time just with, for setup without doing a single hour of work. Then his hard drive fails. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, essentially, like I don't fully agree with that amount of time, maybe, but I do understand his process of like when you move on to something, a new project, when you move on to like a different part of your day, even it's kind of, I kind of am trying to do that kind of like little setup process. Now, I, again, I don't take two weeks, obviously, but I go through this kind of like five step or four step thing where I like close all the windows that I had open for the other thing. So I don't have too many windows open. I'll open up the windows that I have for this. I'll check my backups and stuff like that. Like I'll, I'll have a few, a couple of different steps. Maybe I'll have a, we'll have an episode talking about like our, project setup process that might be a good a good little thing but it, it it's an interesting way to do it and i'm trying it out i'm still not fully convinced on it but i think it, it is working pretty well for me i'm trying to keep everything kind of minimal and i have been more productive i mean i i'm probably worse than ever at this point i lost my coaster on my desk so i'm using an old sandwich bag as a coaster like right in front of me right now <laughs> like this is just a dirty old sandwich bag i'm gonna use it for about two three weeks got big cup holds in it and like I mean I don't care like and there's a piece of paper that was a coaster underneath it that's just completely in ruins like it's got coffee stains on it and it's underneath it but like whatever it protects the surface of the desk I guess and like <laughs> and I found like and like this is this is not a lie like I've probably found about fifty. 50 water bottle caps on the floor. Like, I don't know where the hell, like, it's like you, you lose. Use a reusable water bottle, man. What are Jesus. you talking? Oh, no, no one does that here. What are you talking about? We just crush the bottles. We, we recycle the bottle. It's not like we're not recycling the bottle, but. The recycling doesn't do much, but yeah. Fair what are you enough. talking about? That doesn't do much. I, you know what? I've done my duty. If they don't do theirs, it ain't my problem. Um, They don't do theirs. See, I didn't know that. And I still don't know that because I'm being ignorant about it. But <laughs> the hell with it. Like tap water here sucks. So that's it. Like. I'm not buying a Brita either. Don't tell me to do that. And just have the, we just <laughs> like, oh, there's a solution. Hey, wait, no, no, yeah, I'm no, not doing that. Don't solution. Tell me to do that. that. Yeah, but no. whatever. Okay, I do <laughs> my duty. Yeah, it goes in the blue bin. You know, let's calm down. The blue bin. We have like two or three blue bins, and they're all filled all the time. So, like, I mean, 
yeah same we're doing our freaking recycling job anyway in this house but like mm-hmm. I, but like like you and i are totally different like you're trying to be more minimalist i just bought a bunch of crap like <laughs> like an old antique show like i bought a bunch of crap uh yeah uh, i shouldn't say crap it's all good stuff but like i mean to me but like to you you know what i mean and it's like it's a weird thing too because uh like i mean like i can see like we're like mike and i on a webcam right now like your walls are barren my walls are covered in posters they are covered <laughs> yeah. in view at the moment i have a Nuka Cola poster, a DC Comics seventy five, some random Dragon Mosaic thing, a Firefly poster, a Diamond Diamond City, the original Mafia, Megaton, the Amazing Spider Man, and there's another picture over there. There's an Assassin's Creed Black Flag, and Halo Four is over there. <laughs> this is just in yeah, this room. We we, we there's could posters not be everywhere. More What's that? Yeah, we could not be more different. Oh yeah, yep. That's pretty good. I mean, but that's probably why, like you know, we complement each other's skills. You know what I mean? Like you don't like to multitask yeah. too much. But you're good at like diving in. I get really bored diving in. I multitask all over the place. Like, I for some reason have this document open four times because I forgot I opened it each time. So I opened four times. I realized, and there's just four tabs of this document open. The show notes, like, you got to switch between them too, just to confuse yourself on where you are. I've I've done that before, and then it's like, oh, there's like been a save problem. It's like, oh shit, yeah, there has been a save problem. I don't know where I am now. Let's close them all. Open it up the one that <laughs> one that saved and then and then redo it. But like I mean, that's just that's just the way it works. But if I don't work like if it's super clean, it's like I start to kind of panic. Like it's it's weird. Like I start to like, where the hell is like my stuff? Like where's the, all the stuff? Like what's going on here? Yeah. I don't know. People are different. Yeah, so But that's uh I don't know if I have anything else to say about the about this physical digital age thing. I think that I think that was a really good coverage. Definitely part of the digital well-being series, if that is a series. Um, yep. Definitely part of that. But I think we covered that really well. Covered every little thing. Um, and complained about Cineplex and complained about Starbucks. <laughs> and I'll keep going to Cineplex because they're not... Hey, to be fair, Cineplex is good now. But during that transition period, Jesus Christ. Like, that was a bad, bad couple of weeks. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I think we're good. Uh, I do want to mention that... Um, unless you have another comment, Mike, on that. Nope. Uh, but I do want to mention that we, uh, again, that we do have a Discord and it's going rather, rather well. So if you want to join in that community, please do so. Uh, link will be in the show notes. I think I forgot, forgot to put the link last week in the show notes, but it will be in the show notes. Um, and also next week, we are going to be having a new guest on. And this time we're going to be focusing on uh, marketing and uh, SEO uh, and a few other related topics as well. This guy's a, like, a, I don't know, he's, he's not a web developer, but uh, like he's like in the web, online marketing, that type of stuff. Uh, we're going to have him on uh, next week. I'm not going to reveal names or anything. Keep it a bit of a little bit of mystique until I announce it. But uh, we're going to be interviewing him and we have a lot of great questions already lined up for him. And it should be a really great interview. He seems really knowledgeable and knows his stuff. So uh, really excited about that and make sure you tune in next week. Uh, but in conclusion, uh, thank you for listening and make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing on the platform of your choice. You can follow us on the socials via at HTML, all the things, which is on Facebook and Instagram at HTML, everything, which is on Twitter. We are on medium at the moment and we are on GitHub and, uh, make sure that you check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash HTML, all the things, check out the tiers and give that a go. And many thanks to our $3 tier patron, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript. You can find him on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript. And again, works is spelled W-E-R-K-S, not the regular way. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And we are signing off.